What is even going on here? Well, Thor, we're having a dance party, it seems. Are you the greatest detective or, 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 or what? I am indeed Batman. And Batman, as we all know, is the world's greatest detective. Let me just... Let me just go over here for so you can see me <clears throat> clearing my throat. Ah, Thor, have you ever been... Why is your mouth agape? Ah, uh, it seems I, I don't know. Oh! My... Oh! Thor, you... You don't seem to be, uh, you don't seem to be working right now, so go over there. Who else would like to, to, uh, have a discussion with me? Batman. Yes, the 70s. I mean, the 60s. Batman. Sorry, I don't even know what decade it is. It doesn't even take the, whoop. Yeah, how's it, how are you doing? Uh, it's Friday. And, uh, you know, we're just hanging out here in the dance party and doing things and this and that and having a fantastic time and whatnot. Yes. It turns out we are indeed having a fantastic time. It doesn't take... Are you going to say it doesn't take the world's greatest detective to figure this out? I mean, come on. What kind of detective are you? You don't need, Come over here and dance, Batman. Do the Batusi. Okay. Now that you've convinced me... I will do the Batuzi. What song should we put on the jukebox? Well, I'm always partial to, um, you know, Hungry Like the Wolf. Ah, you're a fan of of Duran Duran, are you? Yeah, you know, it's like the 80s and this and that and whatnot. It was like my heyday. Look, I'm huge now. The, the, the heyday. The <laughs> heyday. Yeah, you know, like back in the day when people would say, hey, I don't believe that that was what a heyday, in fact, is, Mr. Freeze, if I can call you that. You can call me that, you can call me, you know, Steve. Is that your name? No, but it's easier than saying Arnold Schwarzenegger's invasion. That seems like a very long name. It is. It's Friday night. We're here partying here at Aristotle Full Throttle. There's so much to talk about, isn't there, Mr. Freeze? Yes. Uh, unfortunately, we lost a couple of people today. There's Meatloaf. You guys remember Meatloaf? I, of course I remember Meatloaf. He would do anything for love. Yeah, but he won't do that. What was that, anyway? Whatever it was, two out of three ain't bad. Yes, I see. What else? We lost Louis Anderson. A very funny comedian. He's been around forever. Yes, he was around since the 80s. Since, say, Duran Duran. Yes. Also, Duran Duran, they sang uh, the other song with the, the, this and the, that. They said, uh, if looks could kill, you know, if looks could kill, I would use it as a, as a kill ray. I would use looks. I would use a looks gun. Mr. Freeze, you're going to be the death of all of us. What a show we have in store for you today. We have a show today. Yes, it's Friday, five days a week here at Aristotle Full Throttle. There's a show at 6 p.m. Pacific, 
Standard time. <laughs> yes. Maybe we should put the... Uh, we should promote it a little bit more. Maybe have a little bit of this and that and whatnot and the fantastic times. Yep. Tuesday, you know who's going to be at the show? Uh, let me guess. Brian Earl Thompson. That's correct. You know, I, I was in the Terminator and I killed him. You did? Yes, in fact, I, he's the first person the Terminator kills on screen. We kill him. I killed Brian Thompson. I see. He's like, he says to me, Wash day tomorrow. Nothing clean, right? And then I say, Nothing clean, right? And then I proceed to murder him. Your clothes, give them to me. And then they laugh at me. And they make me feel sad, you know? So I killed them. That was at Griffith Observatory, wasn't it? Yeah. You were, walk you were walking around Griffith Observatory, completely naked. That's true, you know, it's not unusual here in Los Angeles to see a site like that. I suppose you're correct. It doesn't take the... It doesn't take the world's greatest detective, yeah. Hi, everybody, what's up? Good golly, sometimes it takes a minute for those guys to get rolling. And if, believe you me, they seem like they're rolling. Hey, we're rolling here at Aristotle Full Throttle. I'm Aristotle Full Throttle, the titular character of the show. And thank you for being here. This is a talk show. This is a podcast. We do all kinds of talking and podcasting here. And it's a good time. It's a fun time. Thank you for joining me. It's five days a week, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And guess what? It's also a podcast. Can you believe it? This show is a podcast. It's on Spotify. It's on Apple Podcasts. So go and listen to it there. You don't even have to look at my silly, dumb face. You could just listen to my silly, dumb voice. And I would appreciate if you did. Thank you guys so much. Uh, you guys are wonderful. Sadly, today, apparently, we lost two iconic people. Louie Anderson and Meatloaf. We lost a Meatloaf today. Sad when you lose a Meatloaf. But, you know, he was a very funny... He was, a, he was an actor... He was in, wasn't he in Rocky Horror Picture Show? I think he started in like Rocky Horror Picture Show like 150 years ago. And uh, yeah, Louis Anderson was on a TV show with uh, Zach Galifianakis recently. I like all of those comedians and all of those actors and those musicians. Because I feel, I fancy myself an actor musician myself. More of a musician currently on my resume. But uh, you know, the acting is coming. I'm going to be on the Goldbergs in a few weeks. I'll let you know when I'm on the Goldbergs. I I taped it already. It was a fun scene. You know, they gave me one line, right? But I said a couple more lines than I was supposed to. Because that's what comedy, that's what you do. When you're on the set and it's you're in the moment, you got to improvise. And that's why they pay me the big bucks. I went to school and I studied how to improvise. That's true. You can actually study and learn how to improvise. <laughs> How do I just come up with stuff in the moment? Let me just study a book. There's actually a book, and it tells you how to do it. You can learn anything in this world. There's a whole method to the madness, and I appreciate, and I prefer methods to madnesses. I think the world, the universe itself, is just purely absurd. We're just floating on a blue dot through space. Just us, just in the middle of space. On the spaceship, we're just like little bacteriums. Or bacteria, that's the plural. 
We're just floating around. So any problems that you might have, just remember, in the grand scheme of things, the edge of the universe, wherever that might be, there's an edge of the observable, observable universe. And it's because that's how far light that we could see coming toward us is. And beyond that, there could be more universe, but we just can't see it because the light hasn't gotten to us yet. Isn't that weird? There could be just multiverses, like in Spider-Man. Like in all of the Spider-Man movies. A multiverse. What would you do? Because this is, this is a pretty bad version of the universe. I would like to, I would like to change the channel, please. Can we skip? Can we go to another dimension? Don't dimension it. You know, I think a lot. I think a lot about life. I think too much, actually. Sometimes I think too much. I think. That's why I have to talk for an hour. <laughs> That's why I like, I like uh, fellow crunchymen. Lend me your ears. I appreciate the fact that perhaps I am having a shared experience with you. And maybe you can relate to some of the things I'm going to say. Maybe you can relate. You ever see someone who takes advice from someone who's terrible at giving advice? <laughs> now, don't get me. Don't take this advice from me. I'm not going to tell you what to do. But you ever see someone flailing about and they reach out for the advice of someone who's bad at giving advice? Someone who's demonstrably wrong over and over again? Like someone who you just say, wow, almost everything you say is verifiably, categorically false. <laughs> Yet then you have a friend who still listens to that person. At that point, you just say, well, that's all I can do. I'm out. You're on your own. <laughs> You're on your own with that one. That's what I say. I find it remarkable what people will be willing to bend their mind around, the gymnastics that they can create for themselves in order to find some form of comfort, some form of home, some form of salad, some form of Closing programs as we talk here, because uh, apparently my, I'm overcranked. Hello, Studio 8H. Welcome to the show. I was just talking about, you ever have a friend, Studio 8H? There's more to it than that. What I'm trying to ask is, uh, sometimes you ever see someone who, like, they have a friend who's toxic. It's not good. They're not good for them. And all you could say is, like, hey... I think your friends, your friend doesn't know what the hell they're talking about. 
But that's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to tell you who to choose as your friend or who to put around you or whose advice to take in this life. But I'm warning you. With peace and love, peace and love. I'm warning you. I'm letting you know. I'm putting it out there. That your friend who's been demonstrably wrong over and over again, and now you're continuing to take their advice, well, that's just always going to happen. Like, they're always going to meddle with your life and screw you over. They're always going to do that. Listen, I'm just talking from personal experience. <laughs> you know, I, it, it occurred to me recently that I had someone in my life who was, who was just taking terrible advice. And now that I think about it, I'm like, oh yeah, that was, that did, that sounds like the, that advice that you were taking. And it just didn't, I'm talking in vagaries, but I'm just saying, maybe you could relate. Maybe you've seen someone just make bad decisions and you're like, ugh, you try to make good ones, but you can't. Sometimes, this is disappointing, Studio 8H. I find it disappointing that some people, and that's upsetting, and now listen, I'm not, I'm not the greatest at life. Every day I'm learning a thing. Every single day I'm trying to learn. It's so much work, life. Every day, yeah, but there's more life. I gotta do another thing. I'm not good at everything all of the time yet. And then you die. I'm just saying, you spend a lot of time working on stuff, trying to improve, trying to get better. And some people, they don't, I guess. I don't know. I'm just saying there's a lot of work. There's a lot of stuff you got to do. And sometimes you say, hey, uh, you know, uh, maybe maybe if you can't learn from making your own mistakes, you could learn from other people's mistakes. You know what I mean? I'm good enough. I'm smart enough. And doggone it. People, please subscribe. <laughs> please. I know you did, Studio 8H. Thank you. I feel like Dave Letterman now. <laughs> See what I'm saying? Maybe I should incorporate. Maybe I should have a desk. Oh, that's what we're going to do. I'm going to have a desk. This is going to be a real talk show. That's what we'll do this year. And then I'll have people on the couch. And I'll have a desk. And I'll just I'll, just, I'll lean and I'll have my coffee. And I'll have a fake microphone on the on the desk. We're doing it. This is it. This is the moment of inspiration. This is the moment of inspiration. You're here to witness it, Studio 8H. You just wait. Within months, there will be a desk and I will have in-studio guests and I'll do the whole thing. And I'll wear a suit. I won't wear a suit. But I'll do this. <laughs> And I'll have a gap in my teeth. <laughs> we'll do the whole thing. <laughs> we should get a Paul Schaefer. We'll cut over to him. Baby Yoda. <laughs> Grogu. Hey, Paul. Hey, Grogu. What do you say? You ever... Are you like me? Do you like cream pies? I think this is a top 10 list. We'll do a top 
seven and a half list. Um, hey, listen, we'll do it. I'll do it. I'll be uh, David Brown Leather Letterman. <laughs> I'll be Brown David Letterman. That'll be at least for one show. I'll call it that. Um, it'll be great. It'll be great. I'm just saying. Life is a. Uh, it's not a box of chocolates. A box of chocolates has the labels of the candy, so you do know what you're going to get. I'm saying life is like a box of chocolates. You can learn from other people's box of chocolates. If other people make a mistake or something, or they have might maybe have a little bit of experience in life, and they say, hey, I'm warning you with peace and love, peace and love. I don't know. Everybody's got to learn their own way. Some people are stupid. <laughs> Welcome to the show. We're we're having a cheery grand old time. The rant's fun. Should I rant more? Or should I say like, hey everybody, everything's happy. We're all happy all the time. Everything is joy. Just, uh, you know, kickbacks and, and relax. Common sense ain't so common. Uh, that's true. That is absolutely true. It's not a thing that everybody can do. Making good decisions is not a thing that everyone can do. Not that I've made all of the good decisions, but you learn, you figure out, oh, maybe this is a dumb thing to do. <laughs> maybe my friend who's always wrong about everything, I shouldn't follow their advice. As well, as all I'm saying, I'm just putting that out there. Um, it's interesting. It's an interesting world we live in. Not everybody thinks the way we do. So we have to try to think outside of our own minds and outside of our own box and outside of our way of thinking. We have to say, okay, what is this person thinking? Your cousin is a teacher told me that it's been my favorite quote ever since. Yeah, it's true. It ain't truer than that. That's a good part of the song. That's be on the piano and the bass. It's a very pretty part of the song. Came up with that on a porch in Cincinnati. Just strumming on the old guitar. <clears throat> Cincinnati. You ever been to Cincinnati? They got... They put chili on top of their spaghetti. They're a little confused. They're... So you say, I want Cincinnati chili. Why did you put spaghetti in it? And they say, that's how we do. Because everybody's got to have something. So we arbitrarily just decided to just make like whatever we found on the shelf. Cincinnati. It's actually pretty good. <laughs> it's actually... Uh, good. I had it at. You got to have it at the right place. You know, whenever you go to a city and they're known for like a crappy food, you know, every city's got their own crappy food that they're known for. I think LA's probably. I don't know. Avocado toast is pretty good though. It, 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 you go to like a Philly cheesesteak. You know, it's like 
I'm just saying it's like an unhealthy indulgent food. I don't know if LA has an unhealthy indulgent food. Maybe burritos. California burrito. They stuff french fries inside the damn thing. It's really good. They're like, let's put french fries in there. Why not? But, uh, in Cincinnati, they've got their own thing, and everybody's like, well, you gotta find the right place. You gotta go to the right place if you wanna get the, the garbage food. And then everybody, when they go to Philadelphia, they're sitting, they're like, well, you go to Pat's, or did you go to Geno's? And then everybody's like, there's a better place. Let me show you. There's always the second location, the better location, that everybody goes to when they want the thing. A lot of times people in New York were like, that I know... They don't like the pizza sometimes. They're like, oh, I went to this place and the pizza wasn't good. And I'm like, it's because you went... You always get disappointed when people go to your hometown and they get they go to like the place that you know sucks because it's probably the easier one or the more... Uh, the one that stands out more for some reason or another and everybody goes there and you're like, you went to Two Boots Pizza in New York City? <laughs> what? Domino's? Pizza Hut? I remember the first time I had Pizza Hut, I wanted to throw... I cried. I was like seven. I'm not joking, Studio 8H. I cried. We said we are going to get pizza. We went like camping in like a different state or upstate New York or something. It wasn't... And we, we were driving home and they're like, we're going to stop and get pizza. And we went to Pizza Hut. And none of us, I think, in my family ever even considered Pizza Hut as an option in life and, and uh, like my family and I we sat down and I'm six seven eight not I, I forget how old I was but I bit into the pizza hut and I cried because it tasted so bad I was like so sad <laughs> that's no that's no joke I was very sad I was like I can't eat this this tastes like garbage. Trevanoa has a stand-up about bit about tacos. Forget the name though. Old old pizza oven. Tacos. Trevor Noah has a great stand-up about tacos. A taco truck in LA. I'm Uncle Ron. If you like Pizza Hut, that's your old prerogative. You can have all the Pizza Hut you want. But if you give Pizza Hut to seven-year-old me, that's the way to make me cry. Pizza Hut is I don't even understand that flavor profile. I don't know how they invented that flavor profile. I don't know what it... It tastes nothing. It tastes as much like pizza as a snow cone... As a... As a let me try to get an analogy quickly. As dirt... Tastes to chocolate cake. So imagine dirt, right? Eating dirt, thinking it's chocolate cake. But you're eating dirt. Michael, worms. You're eating worms, Michael. That's from the Lost Boys. Um, I don't give anything to seven-year-olds. That's creepy. Well, I'm good on you. I'm glad. You know, Rod, that reminds me. Sometimes, if you see an adult human man making balloon animals, do not let your kid go near them. Just letting you know. It's too, there's something weird about that. 
someone in their 50s, 60s, man, making balloon animals for little children. I don't know, I don't trust it. <laughs> Sometimes people are oblivious, though. I don't trust it. Pizza Hut makes me cry. It's very sad food. It's a very, very sad food. Pizza Hut is to pizza uh, what a mud pie is to chocolate cake. But like an actual pie made of like cow mud. Cow poop. This is a this this show is going in a great direction. You know I, I you know. Oh, also, a lot of people here in Los Angeles. Now this is this thing that I hear over and over again. Whenever I say, oh, I got bagels, they're like from New York, because I got bagels from New York, and I've just been eating bagels from New York for the last three days. And it just reminds me of home, and it's nice, and it's good, and it's way better than any bagel I've ever had in Los Angeles. And like, and But people in L.A. don't know about bagels from New York if they've never been there to have them. So they say, oh, well, a bagel is just a vehicle for, for cream cheese. A bagel is just a, a vehicle for... Uh, jalapeno cream cheese or whatever so, you know, vegetable cream. and I'm like no 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 <laughs> I feel like people from Los Angeles say that because they don't know what an actual bagel tastes like I when I was a kid I'm talking about being a kid a lot today I went to Bagel Boss it's a very famous Bagel Boss it's been made famous many times over just a few years ago, there was, a, there was a man talking about dating apps and complaining about women and screaming about how women on dating apps don't ever date him. He was at Bagel Boss. He was at the Bagel Boss I grew up going to in Bayshore, New York. My friends all worked there, actually. I used to go there. I'd get a big bag of bagels. My friend worked there, my friend uh, Tara. And she would fill the bag up like this. Huge. She worked there behind the counter. She said, one dollar. She charged me one dollar for a huge bag of bagels. And I would just go home and I'd just bite into it. I'd ride my bike home and I'd just bite into a... There's nothing on it. You don't need anything. They taste that good just on their... They're not a vehicle. They are, in and of themselves, delicious. So I think when I hear people in L.A., they're like, well, it's just a vehicle for creep shoes. No! No, it is a delicious, scrumptious item all its own. Uh, so I've been eating those. I found, a, you know, in, in Los Angeles, there's a lot of talk about food. I noticed that the bagels here are just squishy white bread. It's just a squishy, you know, like if you got a, a loaf of Wonder Bread and like kind of compacted it, that's a bagel here. That's what they consider a bagel. Note to self, I know the secret to make Aristotle cry. Don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody until the end of the second act, Studio 8H. Because by the third act, if, you're, uh, if your uh, objective is to make me cry, then you can unwield, unleash that newfound knowledge to defeat me. You Google stalked me. Did you ever go by the Amityville house? Of course I did. Of course I've gone to the Amityville house. That's what you do in high school. You drive to the Amityville house and you go up and you see the windows, but they've changed the windows, the very famous windows. Ron, you know about the windows. Let me play I your You know about first. the windows. The best part, though, is that I also went by the Amityville house and I never left Wisconsin. Well, how did you do that? Did you go on Google Maps? No, they actually filmed the remake in Kenosha. Oh, well, there you go. The Amityville yeah. Harbor... 
the Kenoshaville horror. Yeah, exactly. Called. So Ryan Reynolds was in Wisconsin, and uh, I didn't get to... The only reason I was there is because I was working for Check Into Cash at the time, and I was a manager, so I had to drive to people's houses to try and collect money they owed. And there was somebody living in something that looked like a trailer, um, mm. but it wasn't a trailer, and they weren't home. I don't know what it Ooh. was. Like a, a, like a, a really, really bad beach house. Interesting. The Amityville Horror yeah. House... It's on like Ocean Avenue in Amityville, which was so the train stops on the on the way to Bayshore where I went to high school. It would be Amityville, Copeg, Lindenhurst, Bayshore. That was the oh no Babylon Bayshore. Amityville, Lindenhurst, Copeg, Babylon, Bayshore. Oh, sorry, let me just do that again. Amityville, Copeg, Lindenhurst, Babylon, Bayshore. So it was only three stops away. It was only three stops so, away. Now, so is that like that yellow card album? Or is that a different? That's Ocean Avenue. That's not Ocean. I, don't know yeah, they, I think it's. You know, you... Oh yeah, I don't know the Yellow Card song. Is it Ocean yeah. Ave? I or, maybe, or does it go I like? Know, not... Or does it go like this? The song in your intro. Here it is, my most likable song ever. I have no idea. Coca Cola, lipstick ring, go dance all night, dance all night. Kiss me, just kiss me, kiss me, Nephrodite. Lipstick, kiss me, lipstick ring, go. That's the way you like it. This is your most likable song ever. <laughs> yeah. People, People will love, love it. it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Did you know um, the on Spotify there's the the Frank soundtrack and that song is way longer. Oh, I can't wait to hear the extended version or the unedited version. That sounds... I'll send you a link afterwards for the Frank soundtrack. And there's two different versions of I Love You All. Share me the link. Share the link. You could go ahead and share it on Share a Song, actually. Because that, that's something uh, I think everyone should It'll be a lot hear. of songs. It's a, it'll be yeah. a lot of songs to share because it's the whole soundtrack. I love that movie so much. Well, I did go by the Amityville Horror House, actually. Um... Quite a lot. Well, I mean, it was just like, hey, you want to drive by the house? Okay. <laughs> there it is. But it, the, the interesting thing is there was a family that was like all murdered in that house, right? But the, the family that moved in after it was a guy as, who was an author. <laughs> and he's like, I need an idea for a new book. I need a, you know, every, everybody in this house got murdered. I got an idea. <laughs> Let me write a book about it being haunted. Um, the so, one thing I, will, I am happy that is that we never got like a full-on conjuring movie about the DeFeos. Oh right, yeah. I mean, that means, they yeah, might. They mention it. They mention it, and it's like a little bit of like a, uh, uh, you know, uh, like hey, we did this, but then, um, uh, but they never actually like have them go and you know talk to Ronald DeFeo and say, no, the devil made me do it. Right. Well, you know. They could use a Ouija board or whatever they want and go get a bagel right after. Because it's Long Island. I couldn't have got more Long Island today. I was eating a bagel while listening to Billy Joel. I would The only way I would have been more Long Island is if I had a spray tan. <laughs> I was actually watching, um, for five seconds, I watched the Howard Stern interview with Billy Joel. And then I realized I don't care about Billy Joel. Yeah. You know, I have to care about Billy Joel for some reason. I just do. Even though, technically, I, I don't... don't like him <laughs> but i love him because i grew up on long island and you know what uh it's it's i love him just the way he hey, is hello he's the piano man 
He's <laughs> he's uh Brenda and Eddie are still going steady at the suburbs. I listened to that whole song. Scenes from an Italian restaurant today while I did my laundry. Booping in to say, hey, currently marathoning book of Boba and uh, forgive me, but this may be a favorite step. Star Wars thing three episodes in. Gotta go. Okay, Will. Listen, if you like to hang out in the... if Will, oh, if you, you like are. to hang... Here I am. I couldn't Will. hear you before. Oh, I might be... Uh, it might be uh, the internet. It might have been because we were talking about the Amityville horror. So people were... Uh, I think the ghosts were intervening. It's what but it Will. is. <laughs> You got, you got the, the judge. judge. Is this Will? You got the power. Yeah, anyway, so yeah. Is this Will? Yeah. And I listened to Howard interview Eddie Vedder for, oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead. It was this Will's intro. Oh, listened, but... oh so I'm sorry, Will. Um, I listened to him interview, interview Eddie Vedder for like over three hours. Yeah, I think I, saw, I listened to that interview from like a year or two ago. Uh, the, I think it was last, last year. It was right when um, uh, Gigaton came out by Pearl Jam. And it's funny because Vetter actually paid money for Rick Danko's bass from the band. Like during the last waltz, the one he's playing during The Wait. He paid m- oh. cash money for it. Interesting. I mean, Eddie Vedder's I don't know why a, anybody would, but... Eddie Vedder's an interesting, affected dude. However, That's he does true. have... He has a, uh, he does have legit gravity in his words, though. But at the same time, he's like, uh, he's he's got like a, uh, uh, oh, a very affected way of talking. But he has something to say sometimes. It's actually kind of impressive. You're like, you've got the affect, and you've actually got the uh, delivery. Hey, Jed, welcome to the show. Jen, 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 we're just, you gave me a right in time. We were talking about Eddie Vedder from the Pearl Jams. Uh, in case anybody out there doesn't know that he's from the Pearl Jams. He's, uh, he's, an, inf- he's, he's an interesting dude. He was, just yesterday, we were talking about, uh, like all the guys from the early 90s with their affect, with the that early 90s grunge affect, the Seven Mary Creed affect. Or, uh, or, or, uh, what's the, or, uh, yeah, with the, uh, cumbersome. No, I haven't uh, become cumbersome. Uh, I've become uh, very annoyed. Yeah. I remember that. It has a riff going. That song. Let's, let's play it for everybody in case they forgot how it goes. Up. Oh, God. Uh, let's see. It's like. I forget how it goes. It's probably the best. <laughs> I'm, actually, that sounds like, uh, the other song by Everclear. That's the yeah. I've been living with my ghost. Yeah. That's actually I am we're talking still about living ghosts. with your ghost. That's that's one. You know what's <laughs> that is funny. Is I actually saw I, I, there was a big show at the Rave in Milwaukee. I went to, and the headliner was it, there was a, a bands at the Rave, the Rave Bar, and the Eagles Club upstairs. And uh, the only band I really cared about seeing was Sonic Youth, and they were amazing. Yeah. Um, but Everclear was playing downstairs in the rave bar. This is before they hit. And it was so funny to watch the bass player have to lug his own gear out the front door of the rave. Yeah, well, that's... that's Welcome to my bass life. (laughs) 
<laughs> I mean, of course, you're gonna have to lug your own gear. Yeah. Now, I listen. I had an eight by ten Ampeg cab base cabinet. Also, I had the Ampeg SVT4 head, which is the thing itself weighs like eighty pounds. That I thing itself. It. And uh, so, uh, whenever I saw someone brought their own, or if there was a back line already at the club of that same cat base cabinet, I'd be like, okay, I'm gonna use yours. Otherwise, I would have to go in the van, pull that sucker out the van, roll it all the way to the stage, and lift it up onto the stage. <laughs> it was heavy. It was a very oh, heavy I believe thing. it. Like, whenever we do Blank Fest, we always try and have a back line. But then you have. Yeah. Uh, drummers who are very like oh no i'm gonna use my own stuff and it's like no we got everything here if you want to bring your own kick pedal and your own snare that's fine and maybe your own cymbals that's fine but we got everything else you don't have to worry about it now i want to bring my own kit because i'm particular well you know sometimes people have a particular sound that they want to achieve live and it may do justice for what they're doing so I, i'm a i'm in i'm a mixed bag about it sometimes i understand that for the club it might be easier and also for changeover it's much easier so all drummers out there if you are a drummer watching this right now have your kit assembled before you go on stage <laughs> just right, have it exactly. ready so all you gotta do is move it yes there I, one time one time and we were infuriated. We actually left this gig because we would have gone on a, at four in the morning or something like that. But one time, this guy literally assembled his drum set on the stage, and it took him like thirty minutes or forty minutes. Oh, when it that. should take you maybe four minutes. Um, so, yeah, have your drums assembled on the side of the stage and ready to run up there and place them where they need to go. Um, that is. A very professional, that's a pro tip from here at Aristotle Full Throttle. Also, here's a funny always, thing. Oh, go ahead. Let me just, let me, let me just say that uh, we, when we were talking about Everclear, and um, we had a producer who looked like the singer from Everclear, and his name is Trevor, so we called him Trevor Clear. Uh, ha, ha, ha. Oh, He's a jerk. Wow. Okay, go ahead. I, well, there you go. So is so is Gil Norton, but that's a whole other story for a whole other time. But uh, so I am thinking because I used to play bass. I, I was taught by someone who I see as one of the greatest bass players in the world. Uh, a guy Thank you who very like much. thank you. Oh yeah, sure. Someone who plays a a six string fretless like like he just like you know like it's nothing. Um, yeah. And uh, I'll send you some of his stuff later. Um, but he, uh, he taught me bass and he taught me in a way that even though I haven't picked it up in a long, long time, if I picked it up, I'd still know the basics, yeah, um, the bass, which is good. The bass, mm -hmm. I see, I see what you did there. Um, but <laughs> what I'm doing you. when I get my taxes back is I'm going to buy myself an acoustic guitar and I'm going well, to learn to find myself because I, even though I'm not like, I'm focusing on the show and everything, it doesn't mean I can't have a musical outlet. You need a musical. You need a. You need a hobby. Everybody needs a hobby. One time it was funny though. Uh, I had a friend in college. He's a very funny guy. He be, he later became my roommate. His name is Chris Buchachin. We called him Crispy Chicken, but uh, Chris Buchachin was hilarious. He was always working on everybody's movies in uh, the film school. He'd always be around the the big stage where we would have class. We had a class on like a soundstage. It was cool. And um, one time someone was walking by. 
because, you know, they're trying to plug in a light, right? And he's like, I need an outlet. And he said, try tennis. Uh... That's the kind of guy he is. He's a very funny guy. I appreciate him. Chris Bichachin, if you're watching, shout out to you. Uh, yeah, try he's tennis. my roommate. For... <laughs> try tennis. It's <laughs> a... An amazing joke. That's the oh, so he and I would sit on our couch actually at our we had a place, our our house, Studio Eight H. If you go to like Google Stock, it was in Belmore, Long Island. It was right off of Merrick Road, and it was on a road called Prospect Place. And we called our house. It was a small little house with three rooms, and and we each it was three of us: Tim, Chris, and me. And uh, we called it the Prospect Place. And so. We'd have like parties and hang out, and we would sit on the couch and play Pac-Man and stuff, and uh, we would just riff for for like an hour on jokes. Um, and I tell you, it's really hard to keep up with Crispy Chicken. But so maybe I should have him on because he's this guy, very funny guy. We would take like a roll of toilet paper, just like an empty roll of like a like a paper towel roll, and pass it back and forth for like forty minutes, and just keep doing like like prop improv or whatever we were like carrot top but better but you know like party tricks oh, i thought you were gonna fun. say that it was like that you you use the the toilet paper roll to uh create a uh, a smokable device no 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 none of us uh partook i'll say less uh, it was just we were just pure idiots we know oh, well, no mean, nothing you know. <laughs> you know when i saw when i saw louis anderson died i thought to myself wow yeah. He's never going to be on fries. He will never be on fries anymore. And now only people who have seen Coming to America and remember it will get that yeah. joke. Well, he was in the sequel, which was nice. And Yes, I can actually hear my brother in the other room laughing hysterically at that. <laughs> Louis Anderson, rest his soul, very, very funny man, gave us years and years and years of comedy. I mean, his performance I in Baskets is crazy. I never saw it, but I know that he was with Zach Galifianakis, and they did all kinds of fun stuff. And uh, Greg Benson's uh, Louis Anderson story was great. Oh well, yeah. If y'all right after the show, go watch Greg Benson. He's streaming right now. Actually, he's doing his Bad Movies Live. And you know, if you feel like going over there now, I don't blame you. <laughs> um, yeah, because who wants to listen to me? <laughs> exactly. Who wants to listen to me? That's that's what I'm saying. I'm trying to find a picture that I took because I got a camera one time that had a little remote control to do like, uh, you know, self portraits or whatever. And then I took a picture of crispy chicken, Chris Puchachi, my roommate when he came in the front door. So we were sitting on the couch and he like walked to the front door and then the, I had the camera on the TV facing the door and us. And it, so as soon as he came in the door, I took a picture of a self portrait of all of us. And it's the funniest thing because he's got this look on his face of complete shock and surprise because, you know, a flash will flash once and then flash again. <laughs> so he caught the one flash and then realized what was happening. And it's a funny thing. Hey, Ange, welcome to the show. Hey, baby. I can destroy everything. But I'm not. What? But I can, baby. Shut up and give us your money. Shut up and give us your money indeed. Well, it just reminds me, station identification. You're watching the Aristotle Full Throttle Show five days a week. We do this at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Guess what? On Tuesday, this coming Tuesday, 6 p.m., we're going to have Brian Earl Thompson, Shakespearean actor. 
Brian Earl Thompson because he is in the new Coen Brothers movie, The Tragedy of Macbeth, or the Scottish play if you're inside of a theater. You can't not say Macbeth. He's going to be here on Tuesday. We're going to talk about that. We're going to have a fun time. and uh, just No Shao joke. Kahn ra- questions. All Shao Kahn questions that you got <laughs> for it. He, he is... He is so uh, game for all that. The first thing, let me just tell you, the first time I met him was about 10 years ago. And we were working on a short film. And and I, the first thing I said, because I was, it was like one of the first made like serious film jobs I had. So I'd be like this. I just went up to him. I was like, hey, I've seen you my whole life. I've seen you in everything. I remember you from, from Cobra. I remember, and he was just like, "Oh, cool!" And then we just became friends immediately. We just we would hang out on the breaks and would like just sit there and and just like uh, talk about photography. Actually, um, so since then I've been to his house many times, and and he's a very uh, uh, very um giving kind of guy like he, he has all of his friends who are musicians and, and artists come over and then we kind of like jam and he's just because he's a performing artist himself so he really supports the arts he's really into it he's just always been doing this he's got a master's degree in musical theater let's this is the kind of guy he is so he's and he got to la we'll t- we'll get into his story but he's got a fascinating story and i hope you guys are here on tuesday at 6 p.m to watch me talk to Brian Earl Thompson, but he's got uh, the Shao Kahn. Oh, this was the first thing I said to him. What? Well, that was the first thing I said to him. One time at the. Sorry, let me back up. I am getting ahead of myself. We went to the rap party for these this film. I'm at the rap party, and then Brian walks in. And, you know, we we'd gotten along all week, so I was like, Brian, I've been trying not to say this all week, but wash day tomorrow and he goes nothing clean right <laughs> he said it right back to me <laughs> ladies and gentlemen ladies and gentlemen the first person to ever get murdered by the terminator will be here on tuesday uh, so i'm excited to share that with you bring your bring your questions i'm sure he'll be game to answer them because he's, he I'll does want to talk about he does want to talk about working with the Coen Brothers, which I am. I definitely want to geek out about. Um, now, wait, is it? Hold on, I thought it's just one Coen. Oh, is it a Coen brother? Yeah, let me look here, because I think it's just. I think one of them like is taking a break. Oh, because usually it's Joel is credited as the it's director. Joel. And, it's well, Joel, is it's Ethan Joel Cohen. is Ethan credited as the editor? Because. Uh, or Roderick James. Right if it's Roderick James or Ethan Cohen, they're the same person. Let me look on IMDb. IMDb. If if these Roderick James, so if it's co-written or co-adapted, they always co-direct. They always co-write and they always co-edit. They only ever credit Joel as the director, Ethan as the editor, and the both of them as the writers. So that's kind of a thing that they just always do. It's like a Lennon McCartney deal. Kind of thing. I'm finally getting into the Beatles, by the way. Finally. Yeah, I've never been now. a big fan. Yeah. My friend's a big fan. He says, just listen to the Ones album and and then take from that what you like and go that go way. Deeper. Yeah. Yeah. Better Nate than Trevor. Actually, All right. okay. Well, <laughs> written written for the screen by Joel Cohen. Based on the okay. play by William Sh- Bill Shakespeare, 
and uh, <laughs> director Joel Cohen. It doesn't say. Let me see if I can find the editor. Rut. I'm not Roderick finding James. anything though. Interesting. Well, then I, I tweeted I think one out. Of them's a... taking, I think he's taking a break. Oh, wait, hold on, hold on. Here we go. Editor, editor. Film editing by Joel Cohen and Lucian Johnson. All right. Well, then I I was mistaken when I posted the the tweet and everything today. So I'm gonna have to redo that tomorrow. And, and Lucian Johnson has edited uh, Midsummer, Hereditary, The Battle of Ballad of Bast, B- Buster Scruggs, Noah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Noah. What else? Yeah, Noah. which is the biggest hot mess of in cinema history. Is um, it? Oh, it's just so ridiculous. Gotcha. Um, well, we'll see. So yeah. Thank you for the accurate information. I will be sure to uh, adapt that. Ethan, I think, is doing something in his time, not in the usual duo this time. Interesting. I don't know if they're as good on their own, but Francis McDormand and Joel Cohen have been married since the 80s, and they have made some of the greatest cinema since then, uh, in my opinion. Some of the greatest. Blood, if you haven't seen Blood Simple, check out Blood Simple. What from Blood Simple to this movie, they have they span a lot of stuff. But uh, I do. I remember watching Raising Arizona for the first time, and I was it was like a summer. It was on. It just it was like 10 a.m. It was on HBO. I like went in the pool, or uh, or maybe it was too cold that morning to get in the pool because it was overcast or something. So summertime. I'm a kid, and then. I turn on HBO, and what do you know? They got the whole scene where turn to the right, and he, you know, <laughs> Nicholas Cage is, just keeps going to jail for knocking over stores, and um, and I just was immediately just struck. I immediately was captivated, and then it was on again that night at like ten because HBO used to do like ten a.m. and ten p.m., uh, and then I watched it again that night, and I was like, this is one of the coolest movies I've ever seen. Um, and it's just such a weird movie. Those oh balloons, do they blow up in any funny shapes at all? Not unless rounds funny. Oh, you got balloons? Uh, they blow up in any funny shapes at all? No, just circular. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Those oh, two guys. Oh man, I need to see um, Inside Llewellyn Davis. Is that any good? It's good. I mean, I mean, John Goodman is in it, so that should be enough. <laughs> Yeah, Oscar Isaac is is like that's his star making role, and uh, you kind of go, okay, this guy's gonna be like a Pacino esque level guy. And now he's Moon Knight. And now he's Moon Knight. He he went from being Apocalypse to Moon Knight. <laughs> so we'll I'm see. totally okay with that. Yeah, he, I mean it's interesting how they just keep recycling actors in, within sort of the same universe. So um, I'd like to get your opinion on something. What's that? Um, there is a rumor, and it's just a rumor. It's not a spoiler that uh, Mr. Fantastic is showing up in Doctor Strange and the M- Multiverse of Madness. Um, the rumor also is that John Krasinski has been cast as Mr. Fantastic, which I am all for, uh, yeah. as I'm sure everyone would be. Um, He's a tall guy. As- aside from Emily Blunt being the obvious choice for Sue Sue Richards. Yeah. Um, who would you cast as Johnny Storm and Ben Johnny Grimm? Storm. Johnny Storm. Well, why don't we cast uh, uh, Michael B. Jordan? <laughs> because <laughs> no. he's a little busy being Killmonger. Yeah. And I don't know. He didn't have the right vibe at, for Johnny Storm as far as, like, attitude-wise. Even though but, he, he uh, was the best part of the film. Yeah, he was good. He was good. 
I do like the whole, you know, the it's clobbering time. We got a, this is a good question. Now I got to really think about this. Uh, Johnny Storm. If Tom Holland, if Tom Holland wasn't Spider-Man, Spider I would say him. Yeah. Let's just get Chris Evans again. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> uh, be, well, there is you know, no was, cap. There is no cap. Rogers anymore. And John Krasinski actually almost had the part of Captain America. It was basically the, down to the two of them. Um, I would have been okay with that too. That would have been fine. He would have been good. Uh, but uh, Chris Evans, I can't though. I don't know. I can't replace him now. He's just so good. He's just right. the embodiment. Everything about him, like when he's in every scene between Cap and Tony, because they've got these like dueling ideologies. And one guy's pure gut and heart, you know, he's just pure gut. Uh, he goes with what he knows is right, because he, on an instinctual level, and the other guy goes with what he thinks is right. <laughs> and it's just so cool to watch that dynamic in every scene that they're in throughout all of the movies, because they are true to those characters in every scene. They're both, you know, I don't think that Chris Evans gets enough credit as an actor. Because he's in those scenes with with RDJ, who's just this force of nature. Robert Downey Jr. comes onto the screen every time in one of these movies, and the movie just instantly gets better every time. Every time I'm watching a Marvel movie, and then Robert Downey Jr. walks on sta the, on the scene, boom, movie's better. Movie's like two points at a, on a scale of one to ten better instantly. Um, so it's interesting that I think that a lot of times people don't give Chris Evans that cred that he ought to get going toe-to-toe what, to what, toe really to what really upsets me, though, is that during Civil War, in, in the comic book Civil War, Cap was way more steadfast about things, right? And if you haven't read the, the comic book Civil War, I'm about to spoil things for you, so get over it. Um, okay. At one point, uh, uh, Spider-Man, he um, aligns with Tony, and ends up get re revealing his identity, which puts Aunt May in jeopardy. And then um, he realizes that it's a bad move and mm. starts to... And he goes to side with Cap, but he almost gets killed, and then Cap shows up to save him. And this is what he tells... This is what he tells Peter. He says, doesn't matter what the press says, doesn't matter what the politicians or the mob say, doesn't matter if the whole country decides that something wrong is right. This nation was founded on one principle above all else, the requirement that we stand up for what we believe, no matter what, no matter the odds or the consequences. When the mob and the press and the whole world tell you to move, your job is to plant yourself like a tree beside the river of truth and tell the whole world, no, you move. Yeah, yeah that's a good line. That's a, that's, that's and true. that was J. Michael Straczynski. That's pretty good. I like that. I got and the chills. That, and that embodies Cap a hundred percent yes we love cap and I'll, i you know it, it's it's interesting you know just just thinking of all of the different iconic moments and probably one of the more recent ones was when you see cap say hail hydra in the comics which was yep. a nice little nod in Endgame to that to that moment actually <laughs> when uh cap gets out of the elevator scene by using a different method than he did in uh winter soldier which is a legendary scene in the, in the Winter Soldier. Um, that's so uh, much I love violence. That such a small space. <laughs> Before we get started, does anybody want to leave? <laughs> 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 it's, it's so good. 
Because he's just, again, he knows something's up. Because he's, he's pure gut. He's reacting to the moment. He knows something's happening. And yeah. See, like, Fantastic Four is my favorite, like, Marvel team. But Cap is my favorite Marvel character. And then Superman's my favorite DC character. So, um, followed up very, very closely by Hal Jordan and Booster Gold. Booster Gold. There you go. Yes, Booster Gold is great. Well, you know, those are all very, um, you know, I loved the comic books growing up. I loved, I just loved that feeling of getting a comic book or stealing the comic books from my brother's room. And, uh, you know, I remember this one time I was just really sick. I was just sitting on, like, the lazy boy chair in my house with, like, a blanket on. And I took a stack of comic books from my brother's room, and I just sat there and I read all of them. And that was, like, a nice way to just be like, wow, Superman is racing the Flash. This is cool. And just going through that whole that whole bit and others. Um, Superman wins. Spoiler alert. Because uh, <laughs> he's Superman. Because he, we, I think the Flash let him get out. Yeah, that. Um, yes. Well, maybe, just maybe. Um, yeah. There's something about that got this whole thing. Oh yeah, who do we want as Johnny Storm? Who do we want as Johnny Storm? Let me think about this. I had an idea, but it's it, and it's a really, um, kind of a weird selection. Um, yeah, what's that? But uh, I'm looking for his name right now. Hold on. I got to put in the last movie, or like the only movie he's really been in. Uh, Ansel Elgort. That's exactly who I was trying to Google his name. <laughs> the, guy from, the, kid, the guy from Baby Driver. Yes, that's exactly who I was just going to say, and I was trying to, I was about to Google his name. Now, here's where <laughs> things get weird, though, is... The person that I think would be a perfect Ben Grimm, they can't use because right. he's currently because he's currently peacemaker. Ah, he would be, he'd be clobbering. He's already in that shape of clobbering. I guess yeah, they just put the prosthetics on him or something, or the CG. Well, they only wouldn't they CG him. He'd just have to do the voice. But like, if there's any flashbacks yeah. before he was you know rock, because Ben Grimm's always been a a, a rather staunch and like stout individual yeah that would be cool Timothy Chalamet I feel like we're getting a little saturated with Timothy Chalamet personally a little bit uh, but I do think Ansel Elgort is the first person who came to mind which is interesting that's an interesting thing like that you way, thought of that I like and the I way you that, think so. I like yeah, the I way like you the think way. sir cheers cheers to that yes. well I've got to I've got to wrap up I might I might indeed have a uh, prior engagement at some point Ooh, tonight. Mr. Well, Fancy we'll see. Pants. <laughs> we'll see. We'll All see. Right. Um, right. Have a good one. We'll talk later. Have a f- good Friday night, uh, Ron. Thanks for joining me. Um, thank you, Ange, and everybody. Remember, tune in on Tuesday. Ange, get ready for it. It's going to be 40 minutes of outro. And before I get started, before we get started, does anybody want to get out? <laughs> to quote... Our friend, Captain America. Well, I've been having a good time doing the show. And the show is going to just go get kicked up a notch. We're going to be interviewing people. We're going to be having fun. We're going to be... I might even get a desk and a, and a couch and have people here and do the whole thing, maybe. 
I think. Sure. Why not? Which is cool. Have a good Friday night, Studio 8H. Thank you for being here. Um, wow, there's like... Oh, I can, I can hear the music. <laughs> oh, I realized that the stereo was up this whole time. That's not too loud. That's pretty loud. Anyway. Ooh, fancy. It's gonna get fancy. The show's gonna get fancy. Please subscribe on all the things on Twitch on YouTube, turn on the notifications, like the video if you're watching on YouTube right now. That would be amazing if you did that. It helps with the algorithm. Leave a comment once it's up. That's a live video, but you can always listen on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get podcasts, because that's where, you know, you can listen to the show, even after it's off the air. Any time of day. Isn't that wonderful? This is a good outro song. It's not the other outro song, it's a different one. Well, guys, we did it. We did it again. A whole week of Aristotle Full Throttle, except for Tuesday when I was at the Tool concert. And I don't remember it. But I had fun. You believe you me, I had fun. And if there's anything we learned today... Don't don't be listening to people that have terrible advice. <laughs> don't even listen to me. Listen to your gut. Listen to what you think is right. If you've seen someone do something wrong, you know, maybe um, make good decisions is what I'm trying to ask you to do. Make good decisions. Be good, be kind, make good decisions. Don't be a jerk. I love your faces. I appreciate you hanging out. This is where we're going to have... It's going to be a great year, guys. I feel it. It'll be bigger than last year, which is pretty big. Have a wonderful weekend, and I'll see you on Monday.